Hello, welcome to Positively Perfect, where we encourage all people through a self-investigation, awareness, and acceptance to achieve their individual and most critical positive desires. With your host, Akindale and Digibankole. Let's get into the show. Uh, in today's episodes, we'll have our first guest ever on to this show, which is really, really great. Uh, this person is a longtime friend of ours, uh, Dr. Shane Hill, PhD, and we'll discuss the topic of self-awareness and the steps you can take in your life to develop more of it. How do you get more of that? Um, so just a bit of info about Dr. Shane Hill. He is a PhD, uh, a clinical psychologist, mindfulness teacher, Buddhist meditation teacher, and artist. Dr. Shane Hill has been providing counseling and psycho psychotherapy consultation and trainings for individuals, couples, families, groups, and agencies for over 39 years. And for over 20 years, he has been immersed in mindfulness meditation, spiritual practice training, which he has slowly and effectively, efficient, yeah, effectively uh, incorporated into his therapy practice. Uh, so without further ado, let's get into our conversation with uh, Dr. Shane Hill. Cool, bringing him in. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Hill. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm doing. I'm doing very well. How are you both doing? Great. Very well. Great. Very well. Thank you so well. much. Yeah. 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 Um, so so, so we're, just... we are really excited to have you here. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. 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 No, that's going to say the same thing. I actually wanted to say. Um, so. We're calling you uh, Dr. Hill. Is there anything else you want us to call you? Oh, please call talking? me Shane. Okay, Shane. Okay. So we'll, we'll call you Shane from Shane. Uh, here on out. <laughs> yeah, so, so I, hope, I hope you're not offended if we mistakenly call you Dr. Hill at the moment and then <laughs> call you Shane. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, um, you know, it's really fascinating also because I've known you for so many years. And I was, I was telling somebody else today, I said, you know, it's fascinating to me after reading so much about you that I've used formal title to talk about you in the last week or two that I'm almost not used to calling you Shane at the moment. And that's kind of interesting. <laughs> like it's been, a, and when we, when Deja and I, we talk about you, we're like, okay, Dr. Hill is going to be coming. Dr. Hill is going to be coming. Mm -hmm. And it's really amazing <laughs> to me. And I'm going, oh my God, he says, I'm sure he's going to say, call me Shane, you know, <laughs> and think, what are we going to do? You know, but um, so just in case you hear us, you know, address you as Dr. Hill, you know, no, no offense intended at all. At all. And uh, we're just so excited to have you here. True. Uh, well, it doesn't even really matter what you call me. I'm fine with whatever. <laughs> okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, so, so today we're going to be talking about self-awareness. Uh, Shane, what does that mean to you, self-awareness? Well, it's a, it's a very large uh, word, right? Self-awareness. Yes. Um, but for me, when I think about the people that come to me to um, find uh, to have more self-awareness to evolve that in their lives. Um, normally what that means is that they want to have more of an embodied experience of themselves to know what they're uh, the, to different learn to differentiate between one's egoic functioning and one's mm -hmm. authentic functioning in the world and to live a life that is more true for them from a place that's more true. Mm. Yeah. I like that. I like that. 
And and um, in, in what way, um, what are some of the tools that, that you would use or how would you help people navigate? You know, because I, it seems to me like when you said it was a, it's a large word, I agree with you because I think it's not because it's ill-defined, but it's, it's hard to define it into one phrase or a sentence. Like it takes so much more to define what self-awareness means. And I'm thinking self-awareness because if I think about myself, I think I'm kind of complicated. You know, like I'm not just one thing, I'm like so many different things. And how do I navigate that so that I can get to what matters and how 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 do I be self-aware if I'm you know thinking about myself in all these different ways mm -hmm. yeah so to um, respond to your your question akin delay and also elaborate on what I said before is um, I find that most people are able to have more self-awareness when they they really learn what their mind does to their experience. So what will happen is we'll have an experience and then our mind will interpret that experience and the mind will interpret it based off of your egoic structure or your personality structure, which almost, well, it always will skew it um, so that you experience something that is more related to your past or more conditioning or the way your mind works, but it's actually not related to your authentic experience in the moment. And so learning to differentiate between what you actually experience and the way your mind conceptualizes and interprets it for you is a huge um, task. And it's so freeing for people when they learn to do that. Um, so for instance, um, let's say um, I'm working with someone, which I've done before, where the person is very upset because his wife has, uh, they just had an argument and they, the wife got upset at him and then said something like, um, ah, I can't talk to you anymore and then leaves the room, right? So his mind might interpret that as my wife doesn't care about me. She um, doesn't love me. Uh, she can't deal with conflict. Uh, she likes punishing me, um, <laughs> abandoning me, all these things, right? And the truth of it is she simply said, I can't talk to you anymore. And then she left the room. That's actually all that occurred. And if you go yes. with actually, if you go with just what occurred, then one's authentic reaction can be simple and true, which might be, oh, I just, I'm disappointed that she left. And I really I wanted see. to connect with her more as opposed to what normally happens, which is you're going to a whole egoic reaction, which is she's a horrible person. She's, she does all these things to me and she, <laughs> all, the, all this story which is actually not an authentic reaction. It's actually an egoic reaction, which is so not helpful. So that's mm. one of the ways that I help people differentiate. I see. Mm. I see. That's, that's yeah. good. I like that. Yeah. Now, I, I guess what, what I also want to think, because I'm thinking about myself as, you, as you're talking, because I can kind of find myself in, in, that, in that scenario. And- um, Can't we all? I, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I think uh, maybe a few years ago, I might be more embarrassed to be able to let you know that I find myself in that. But, but I do see myself in that. And um, it's a little comical because I find it almost like this emotional noise. And I, I, I have that sometimes where I have this noise, you know, that I'm not able to focus on the actual situation that actually happened because all of a sudden I've developed all of this stuff that's going on in my mind, you know, and, right. and um, 
yeah, and sometimes it's hard for me to get away from it. You know, well, how, do, how do I move through that? It is hard to do, but um, you asked about tools earlier, Kindle. So the tools to help with that would be um, knowing whether you're, what your Enneagram type is, is very helpful. Because the Enneagram, if you've ever heard of it, is a, um, a typology that really maps the egoic structure. So our egoic mm -hmm. structure is our defensive structure that helps us move through the world and get our needs met. But it's very predictable. And um, once you get to know what yours is, you can begin to see exactly how your mind interprets things in a very predictable way all the time. So knowing your Enneagram type is one method. Another method is to do meditation or mindfulness practice because just meditating alone, you can begin to see how the mind comes in and does what it does. And you become very clear over time what is real and what is imagined, what is, what is uh, interpretive thought. And what does come up when I let myself be quiet without thought? What arises within my being which uh, is strengthening and empowering and enlivening when thinking is not present. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, you know, I, I often, I'm, I know that meditation um, is helpful and it, and, it, and it helps a lot of people, but uh, I often find that it's difficult to do and, uh, and I have not mastered any sort, any, uh, even 1% of uh, any sort of meditation. So how would you, how would you help somebody who, uh, you know, is a little a little slow on the uptake, like uh, like myself? <laughs> oh well, you're not I'm slow on the uptake. Well, no, no, you're not slow on the uptake. That's for sure. That is the most common reaction okay. to meditation. But it's a uh, what's what's happened though is that you're um, orienting orienting towards meditation in a way that's not helpful. Mm, so okay. most people think that they don't do well with it because they think that the experience should be that you have no thought and you're just in a peaceful place, right? Mm, yeah, yeah. And that's, that's actually not true for most people for a very long time. Instead, mm. what you want to do is orient differently, which is meditation in my mind, in my experience, is it teaches us how to come back once our mind takes us away. So it really meditation, if you, if you think about it this way, that it is a method where you learn how to kindly come back over and over and over again to the present moment. But it's the coming back that's the most important piece. So if you'll notice, you'll start to meditate, focusing on the breath, which is a common method, and then your mind will take you elsewhere. And then most people will go, ah, I can't believe my mind took me elsewhere. What am I doing? I'm not meditating correctly, <laughs> right? But that's not yeah. it. The truth of it is that's perfect. What you want to do then is very gently and kindly notice where you went and then bring yourself back. And it's that, that moment, that, that movement of bringing yourself back over and over again, so that if we go back to the experience that I talked about before, where we have a husband and wife that are having this, this talk, she leaves the room, and if he's a meditator, ideally in that moment, he will notice that he's triggered, that he has interpretive thought, and he'll bring himself back to the present moment. Mm. And then be able to experience what actually is occurring for him. It's the practice wow. over and over again of that. That's so. So now, pretty awesome. Now, actually. Uh, so, so Shane, would you also then include in this um, the, the the process of coming back to this present moment, also eliminate the elimination of um, the false. Um, you know, like, like for example, uh, the noise, the emotional, 
buildup that I've made around this actual issue that has nothing to do with the actual issue, would that be also part of what we're trying to eliminate in that coming back to the present moment? Well, it is, it's not really necessary elimination, Kindle, but it is um, allowing the present moment and all that you feel to be a gateway into deeper and deeper awareness of the self. Oh, so, gotcha. so there's another practice called the Aso practice, which I learned from Jet Ferris, who's the author of Undefended Love, who's uh, one of my most important, really, she's my primary teacher and spiritual mentor. And uh, she has the Aso practice, which is, and this is similar to other practices. It's just one of them. Tara Brock has her own and Gil Franzdell has his own, but um, Jet's the A part, it's an acronym, A-S-S-O. So the A part, if you, if I'm going vertically and going down, the A is acknowledge. The, uh, the first S is soften. The next S is give it space. And the last one is be open with kindness. So if you were upset, you allow yourself to acknowledge that I'm upset and you acknowledge specifically what's happening in your body. So you notice, ah, as I'm upset, I notice that I'm, I'm feeling angry and I'm having tightness in my chest. And then you soften around that. So you soften, you do the opposite of what we normally do, which is we tighten up. We don't want to feel something. We want to get it away. We open, so we actually give it space. We actually, um, we actually soften around it first and then give it as much space as it wants to have. And then we just open to it fully with kindness. So you just allow your experience to be as it is. And if we do that, it will shift almost always out of reactivity to what's truly here. And it might, you might move from anger to a place of, again, using that same experience I talked about before, instead of being angry, you might actually realize, oh, I'm sad that she's left, or I'm, I'm actually disappointed, or you come to a place of more vulnerability and you begin this vertical drop down from the layers of personality and defensive structure, down, down, down to a place of emptiness, and then a place where you can actually experience your authentic qualities, or people talk about them as a Buddha nature qualities, which is a sense of peace or strength or kindness or understanding or wisdom, insights, all of that can be available to all of us if we'll just drop down through the layers of defensiveness into our wise, authentic, true self. Mm. That is awesome. Yeah, so I do, I do have a, uh, a question from Facebook. Um, mm -hmm. from Armand, it says, uh, when you become aware of yourself, you become aware of the flaws as well as strengths. And then also he says, uh, how does one not psych themselves out from being aware of their flaws? How does one not psych themselves out? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming what he means is that, I think it's Armand is a he, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm assuming that what he's saying is how do you not get um, focused on or stuck on the negative aspects? <sighs> and, and my experience is that when you do this type of work that I'm talking about, the self-awareness work, that you do develop humility for sure. And you do get to see the parts of ourselves that are troublesome and get in our way for us having freedom and, and self-love and acceptance. But the way you can see it is with a lot of compassion and understanding and wisdom mm -hmm. so that you understand it. So that when I see that I, uh, let's say I interrupt people, if that was a tendency of mine that I interrupt people, um, 
Well, actually, no, I'll, be, I'll try to say something about myself that's actually true. I don't tend to do that very much. Um, so, oh, so I do have a tendency to um, uh, think that I know the right way to do things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So um, I know that's a part of my personality structure. So that's actually not my authentic self. That is actually just part of my personality structure that thinks that I know the right way. So what I've learned is that I will have that come up when I am feeling insecure or when I um, am wanting to feel um, uh, uh, wanted and upheld, like seen for my strengths, like I wanna help out. But Mm -hmm. if I see it for what it is, which is just me trying to get something out of the situation that isn't happening right now, I can just relax back into a place of understanding, oh, I'm just feeling insecure. That's what's happening. Mm -hmm. And not judge myself around it, but to actually understand why I'm doing what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. That's beautiful. That's yeah, you, you know, yeah, it's also interesting because um, do you have another question, DG, from somebody? No, no, no. I just, uh, I just, I was saying hopefully that helps. Okay, great. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, it's interesting because um, I, in, in studying some of what you do, I also looked at the uh, Enneagram uh, to say, it's my first time actually encountering it because I've actually, I'm familiar with uh, the DISC model you know, where you have the, the dominant, the inspiring, the, um, the uh, uh, supportive and the, and the calculating, you know, the, this, this uh, type of personality. But I was very uh, taken by the Enneagram because it's more detailed. And as I, was, as I was going through it, I would think, oh my God, you know, I could see myself and I identified very much with some of the, uh, some of the negative aspects of, of they were pointing at me and I thought, wow, that's pretty strange. You know, uh, and I think from what you were saying now that it's not about denying what that is, but it's been able to embrace it and, and accept it. And then am I working around it or um, I'm working through it? What am I doing with this? You, uh, you learn to identify it to do, and also to disidentify, well, you learn to see what it is uh-huh. And over time, as you see what it is, you learn to disidentify with it uh-huh. so to give yourself more space and room so that you can actually utilize those skill sets, actually, of your egoic structure that are, that are useful, but you learn to discern when to use them. Um, if you don't know the difference between yourself and the, and the egoic structure, it will always take charge. It will always be in charge. And it, it's kind of like having a hammer that you want to use for every situation, no matter whether there's a nail there or not. You just use the same tools in every situation, regardless of whether it's effective or not. <laughs> and, um, and, it's, and it's true what you said, Akindale. The Enneagram gives you a lot of detailed information. The other typology, personality typology, that I think is most similar would be the Myers-Briggs. And most people have heard of the Myers-Briggs. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, yeah, that's not as helpful, though, I find in self-awareness. The, the Enneagram is much more of a blend of psychology and spirituality, and it, ah. it really does give you so much practical information about why you do what you do. And, and coming back to your comment, um, um, uh, that it, is, uh, it really shows um, it. Uh, oh, I'm forgetting now what I was thinking. I'm so sorry to say. But... Um, <laughs> It's, it's, uh, you brought something up earlier. I, 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 yeah, I was saying that it, it, when I was looking through it, that it was really showing some of my own weaknesses and you know, my yeah. flaws. Well, 
admit, perhaps maybe I should not call it a flaw, but it was showing my weakness for sure, you know, and, and it was scary to just see, wow, you know, it's almost as though uh, a, a book has been written about me, you know, <laughs> without well, me knowing about it. It's, it's true. It's true. <laughs> my, my experience was the same, Akindale, which is that um, when I read my Enneagram type and found out what it was, I was shocked at how it really <laughs> clarified everything. And I felt like someone had seen me and watched me my entire life. Mm, yeah. So it's, it's, it was shocking, actually. And it's unlike um, astrology, by the way, uh, fully, which is yeah. that it, uh, it really does t show you exactly why you do what you do. And it's able to predict it very, very easily. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I actually, uh, for a time, I was pretty into astrology and I was doing people's charts and doing like, you know, the, the sun and the moon and then the aspects in between and all that stuff. And so, and I felt that to be pretty revealing as well, but I'm, I, I think that uh, I'd be really interested to do the Enneagram and see, and see where that sort of takes, especially if it's practical and it, and it shows exactly where to, where to go in that yeah, with it, you know, um, I do, I do have a question actually about uh, sort of like your journey. Like, so how did you start with, you know, um, self-awareness? Because you didn't start off doing that. You, you sort of like went into that, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. And can you please remind me of the correct pronunciation of your first name? Oh, Deji. 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 I, that's how I say it. My dad says it a little bit differently. He's, but he's, he probably says it right. And I say it the American way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all good i think most people most people just accept it the way we say it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely that's that's why i lost my train of thought is i was like oh how do i say his name oh yeah 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 yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so um i uh my my own journey well i've always been pretty um oriented towards self-evolvement and self-growth mm, yeah. uh, so i've always wanted to know more about myself when i think that just being a gay identified person it's just easy in our culture to want to really understand myself since um, as a young person, it seemed like I was so different. And I have always been very spiritually oriented. So um, I've just always wanted to understand all the different layers of my experience. Uh, but I would say what really propelled me most deeply towards self-awareness was suffering, was really having a hard time in life and wanting to understand um, myself and what made me tick and how could I live a life that was more authentic and free and not not related so much to suffering every day it's so easy as humans for us to suffer really it's so it's yeah. quite a buddhist it's a quite a buddhist I didn't even know I would had a buddhist uh, orientation to life but it clearly is buddhist yeah yeah, yeah that's awesome you, you, know, it's, you know it's also interesting and, and maybe maybe you may be able to, uh, to help through some of this I think for some people, you know, and probably me included growing up, you know, I, I fit the mold of the society that I lived in. And so I thought I was free mm. and until things shifted. And then I realized, wait a minute, I don't fit that mold. Then how do I live? You know, like if you don't fit the mold, but you thought you, you thought you, you actually, part of the mold, but so, so that there's, it's almost as though there's a, um, there's, there's a deception around fitting a mold that we think we belong to, but 
only because we happen to luckily fit that mold that perhaps um, perhaps we still need to do, do the work of finding ourselves in spite of how well we think we fit the mold of society. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Well, it's true. So what I'm hearing you talk about right now, Kindale, is our conditioning and oftentimes our family conditioning or cultural conditioning mm -hmm. and people where their skill sets match what the culture wants or what your family wants definitely get rewarded for all of that and sometimes can lose their own authentic path because they're getting such good uh, positive feedback from this this way of certain way of being right exactly yeah. exactly mm, and, and yeah and uh, yeah that's that is definitely problematic you know i mean i find it for myself that um you know not being myself you know has not been helpful even though i had been rewarded for so long but the moment i realized wait a minute but it's not coming from inside of me. I just happen to be to be fortunate to just fit this mold, you know. Yes. And I th think a lot of people do that. And then when they find other people that actually think differently, all of a sudden, mm. you know, uh, the the one who fits the mold becomes a bully, you know. Mm. And I find that it's very easy for you know to look down at somebody else and say, oh, but how come you like this, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, when I just I just happen to be the lucky one who fits the mold of whatever the society or culture is calling the right thing to do. Right, right. And a lot of us in our midlife, um, we begin to question that and it starts to break down, right? Where um, how we've lived, how we have presented ourselves and how we've lived our lives thus far at some point can feel empty and again, not authentic and not enlivening for us. And in my mind, that's a, a beautiful opportunity it's a beautiful opportunity to uh, go deeper inside our internal experience and find what is my actual path. If I'm not following society's path, what society says I should do, what is it for me? And what would be enlivening for my path now at this time? Mm. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you have another uh, question or thought? Yeah, no, no, definitely. You know, I. I'm, I'm also kind of curious, you know, cause I, I, I mean, I would understand, I would think that, um, you know, self-awareness is not necessarily a straight forward path. It's probably more of a, of a spectrum and, and you're, you're at a certain level, um, and, a, and more of a journey. So where do you feel like you are at in your path of self-discovery? Like, at what, where do you feel like you are? Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like the path of self-discovery and self-awareness is infinite. <laughs> <laughs> it, it never, it never stops. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, it's true that in the past 10 years or so, I've definitely been on more of an awakening journey, but mm. that whole process is, is infinite, like truly. Like, uh, as we learn to see what's happening to us in our lives, and to be able to differentiate between our ego and our true self. And then over time, as we learn to move away from the mind and move away from thoughts that, that govern our thinking and concepts, and we move into pure awareness, more experience, we're, we're more and more on a, an awakening journey to awaken to what we truly are. Um, that, that actually being a pure awareness. Um, so we have this identity which is um, what we as humans tend to identify with 
such as I'm Shane, a separate being, and I have these personality characteristics and do these types of things. But ultimately, that is simply a concept of thought and uh, uh, kind of an amalgamation of memories and thoughts and concepts and ideas. The truth of it is that I'm simply pure awareness. And mm -hmm. there's no differentiation at all between me and all that exists. And that's going to sound really out there for some people. But when you are a meditator for long enough and or just on the spiritual path and have a lot of um, uh, just easy movement in this area, that's, mm -hmm. what you, that's what you can find over time. And there's yeah. so much more freedom and joy and authenticity and beauty in the world when you get farther and farther along that path. That's awesome. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really um, cool. one, one of the uh, programs that we had uh, a, few, a few episodes back, we actually talked about, um, we talked about, um, you know, uh, the, the unified whole, because I, I, I believe there was some, um, uh, there's a yogi that actually I listen to sometimes, uh, Sadhguru, and, and and so he talks about this unified whole that, that we're, we're trying to identify with everything, essentially. So we so we be a part of that. And it's um, I'm trying to put myself on that journey. <laughs> you know, it's been very difficult. So I know that I need tools to be able to get me there because I think just being aware of some vision of you know of myself in the future uh, is not enough to get me there. I have to have some way of doing it and uh, what would your advice be for people like if they want to be on this path what are some of the best ways to begin that journey mm. well um and again i'm going to combine this question with something uh, deji said earlier which is he wanted to know my journey and so for me my journey has been more of a psychological one in the early part of my life and it then blended more into more of a spiritual journey and that as a psychologist, that has been my experience in working as a therapist too, which is psychological methods get you very far and they're actually quite necessary mm -hmm. <clears throat> for self-evolvement, but then ultimately they're limited and then the spiritual uh, tools can actually take you much farther. But you need to do both truly. Like if you, there are people that just focus on the spiritual and they can become very enlightened but if you don't work on your personality and your ego and the psychology of your being, you can do devastating things to people because mm -hmm. your shadow material or ego is still present. That's where we have a lot of spiritual teachers who you know, are extremely well known and have all this spiritual awareness. And yet they do you know, things that are so destructive to their followers like be sexually abusing or you know, doing something mm -hmm. that's clearly not okay with other people. Um, so, so in my mind, you have to do both. So I would suggest for a lot of people in our culture, it can be helpful to do the psychological first like I did and potentially, you know, get into therapy or just work with someone who's farther along on the path and, and to do that work of understanding yourself. But then at some point, I think it is good to fold in some sort of spiritual practice. It could be, um, um, it could be any type of religion, to be honest, or just spiritual practice with no religious underpinnings. Um, but something that involves something greater than ourselves, something mm -hmm. more than just our human experience, because there's so much more here than just our human experience. Right. Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. I, I do have a question. So what in your, uh, in your experience, what do you feel are sort of the more, 
common struggles that you see with people on this journey? Well, um, and of course I'm speaking primarily for American culture. You know, that's where I, that's where I've been living. So in our, in our culture, um, I, I find that we deal a lot with self-judgment, a lot of self-criticism and a lot of shame is what I would say. Mm -hmm. Those are like the the major stumbling blocks. And with that, with the criticism, it's always going to be towards yourself, but it also will be to other people. So there's a, a mirror effect in that way. So even people that primarily walk around judging other people, there's always a, a reflexive action as well that comes back towards themselves. Mm. Um, and so th- those are the pieces that are always mind-driven and the, 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 the largest stumbling blocks in my mind. Mm. And you they produce it? so much pain for people. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I, I, I can, uh, I feel it firsthand. I feel like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for all of us, myself included. Yeah. Um, and and what do you feel like is the best ways to move around that? You may have answered this in, in, a, in different ways, uh, but, but maybe those things in, in particular because they are so common amongst people. Mm. Well, if you don't mind, can I, can I do this with you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, great. So can you think of one thing that you might um, judge about yourself? Or, or someone else, actually. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about somebody else. That might be even easier. Okay, someone else. Or you, or you, get, or you can talk about me. Okay, about you. Um, let's see. Things that I judge about you. Um, being on time. Oh, okay. Got it. So that's something you might judge in a Kindle. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my guess is then that for you, yeah. being on time is, is important for you and you try to always be on time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's, so this, of course, this is going to be very simple, but um, yeah, yeah. So, for, so for you, um, being on time means something. Do you know what it means when someone's on time? What is, what, what message does that convey that's important to you? Um, that they f- care about it as much as me, I think. Yeah. That you're also cared for, I think on some level. Yes. They care about you. Mm, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you might feel dis- you might feel disrespected on some level. People are always late for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a way that you feel cared for. So there's so mm-hmm. your mind has has a se- several principles we know are working. One is that your mind in your mind your condition is if someone's on time that means they care about me. If mm-hmm. they're not on time that might mean they don't they don't care about me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or don't respect me. Yeah, and then my guess is for you if you were if you were um, late you would have a really hard time feeling okay about yourself. You might judge yourself in that way too, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, so this would be like shadow material is what I would say that, that somehow or another you've deemed it not okay to, to be late and not on time. And that, would, that, would, that has all these other ramifications on how it's going to mm. relate to the way you interpret that person and their behavior. Mm-hmm. And so I would what you want to do is just really understand on all these different levels why I do what I do, but ideally again with kindness so that you understand, oh, for me, it's like about caring. And there's a way that my mind interprets this as if they don't care about me. Whereas mm-hmm. normally people's behavior is just a reflection of them. It has nothing to do with us actually. <laughs> right. Yeah. It doesn't, totally. doesn't say anything about you. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, so like, it's just late. That's just what he does. Yeah. 
but, but, but for but for you, um, and so yeah. that's I, what I would do. Is I would go, oh, that's right. That's where my mind takes that, as if he doesn't care about me. But the truth of it is that he's simply late. That's all that it is. And maybe this yeah. is part of the way he moves in the world. Yeah, yeah. totally. And it, and it would just be to uh, sort of like what you said before, like taking that and then coming back to that's correct the the present moment and understanding that. So having that moment to of you know I, I guess you know it's it's it also feels like it's easier said than done <laughs> in the moment when the feelings are there it is but. it is and in fact if you want to take this deeper for yourself um yeah. Neji, i would what i would do is i would try to be late on a consistent basis for a couple of weeks hmm. for okay. you to be late yeah yeah and just and yeah. to see how else <laughs> for you to for you to then find a way to love and accept yourself regardless of whether you're on time or not mm. that's that's very interesting i never thought about yeah. that <laughs> now i i also think what's also fascinating with this whole and i love what you're doing actually uh shane i love this uh very much because and and this happens to be deji's pet peeve right being late oh. i get that right <laughs> but because i can have I can, I can have my own situation with some other issues, right? To say, oh, I do not like this. But I think the hardest part is that anybody that's late and you're going to have it in your life, right? In this mm -hmm. case, talking to Deji, yeah? That you're going yeah. to have people be late at different times in your life. Mm -hmm. But the reasons why people are late may not always be evident to us. And you don't often have time to be able to uncover the reason why people are late. And so mm -hmm. you'd have a lot of work to do to be trying to, you know, have the justifications for every time people are late. That way you feel, you, you know that it has nothing to do with them caring about you or not caring about you. That is just mm -hmm. something totally apart from you. Yeah. And so for me, when I, because I've been in similar situations, but with other issues where I had to be able to, well, you know, okay, maybe I should just handle how I respond to that as opposed to what I what they need to do because I just realized that I just couldn't help it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I when yeah. when people just do it, they just do what they're doing. And exactly. I'm thinking, this is too difficult for me. I just can't, I can't handle this. <laughs> well, see, so what you're getting into now, Kindle, is actually quite important, I find in relationships, which is we oftentimes want the other person to change who they are so that we mm -hmm. don't feel a negative experience inside. Yeah. Right. So Deji might want you to change your late behavior because then mm -hmm. he would feel he'd have more ease in his body if you did that. Yeah. And my goal as a therapist would be to help you, Deji, have ease in your body regardless mm -hmm. of how late or how early someone was, that you weren't yeah. dependent on that for your own sense of freedom. Right. Right. Totally. And yeah, and, and which is absolutely possible, by the way, and yeah, um, yeah. absolutely <laughs> possible. And yeah. the way to do that is a deeper level, which I'm going to talk about myself, so we don't put you on the spot anymore. <laughs> okay. oh, 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 you can just put me on the spot. <laughs> that's true. That's true. But, um, but the G, what it would be is um, I would really do some work around, oh, I'm wanting to get certain thing on the, from the outside. I'm wanting to feel mm -hmm. respected and cared for. And there mm -hmm. might be a way that you might really need more of that in your life or that you might need to give that to yourself more care and mm. respect for you that you might be looking for yeah. externally 
that you want to give to yourself. Right. And that's, that's the way it is for most, almost all of us in these types of scenarios. So like for me, yeah. So for me to do the, the same exact work you just did with us, for me, I know that um, I've been for many years and even still, I can get triggered if someone is domineering. If in a group, someone's dominant and they don't let other people talk and they just take over and they just like fill the room, I'm going to mm -hmm. feel something inside me for sure. I'll get triggered somehow or another. Yeah. And I re and I realized that that's the way I was treated when I was young by someone. And so I get triggered by that. And that's part of my shadow, which is I have a hard time filling up the space sometimes because mm -hmm. I, I have a hard time um, uh, honoring the part of me that would want to be dominant. Mm. Oh, that might actually want to dominate and so as i've learned how to find that part of myself that actually does want to actually be seen and to fill the room <laughs> as i've learned to honor that part of myself i'm not as triggered by the other people doing oh. that yeah because i just don't have as much of a reaction yeah interesting so, so do you feel like you it's um that you are sort of getting the perspective of the other side is that, is that what you feel like? Well, I'm using um, a principle with regard to shadow work is that almost always yeah. we're triggered by someone else doing something that we really have a hard time doing ourselves. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's not always that simple, but it's oftentimes yeah. that simple. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, actually, I think that uh, I have a feeling that my dad wants you to break up open something <laughs> within him. <laughs> And do and do the same thing that you did for me <laughs> to him. Is that true, Akindale? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I get triggered by um, um, people not being loving, you know, in their approach with others, uh -huh. you know. And it's it's fascinating because growing up. I had a very loving environment, mm -hmm. and so, uh, but but I think there's a shift in 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 environment because I come from Nigeria, West Africa, and to be in the United States now in the West, you know, that 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 um, that almost a heart to heart individual connection, you know, with with the larger community or the village, so to speak, I don't see that, and so often, so I don't get the sense of a relationship built already so that by the time I interact with somebody, they're interacting in a very dry fashion, just to the point with no, um, no, uh, um, no warm up or, or any niceties around it. And so I get triggered. And, mm. and so um, that's, it's, yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, well, that in my mind, I mean, uh, can delay seems, so understandable given the difference in culture right that in your culture that is the way you do things and, and and there's a there's such a warm kind aspect to that right where you get to actually be, um, connect with someone on an emotional level and a relationship level before you move into say business or something practical right, right. and yeah and our culture can be that way this this um you know white uh, white centered um practical um puritanical uh pure i'm sorry puritan puritan ethic work ethic that we have here mm -hmm. it moves into those places without any relationship at all sometimes 
Yeah, so, and that would be, uh, and, and of course I know you and I know your kind heart and I can <laughs> see how that would, I think that would be very hard on your heart to have that happen. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Right, yeah, so, so that, that, is, that has been tough and, and I've had to, um, especially running the business, you know, because, because with the business, I'm literally thrown into this environment, you know, where before the business, I had friends and family, you know, so it was easier, you know, we can build this relationship. But in a yeah. business world, you don't have time for it. Everybody's busy. <laughs> so, so I'm in this very yeah, dry, sure. very dry situation. And so I'm navigating the world of my business in a way that actually is almost unhealthy for me because um, it does it does not it doesn't speak to to the type of um, relationship that I want to build and so I I I, I do whatever I can at least mm -hmm. within 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 the, the, the my own sphere of control which is my own staff and my direct business I do whatever I can to create an environment where there's some gentleness, there's some, there's some uh, goodness, and there's a, there's a, a feeling of safety amongst employees, you know. So even my hiring process really focuses on the personality rather than their abilities, because I think I think I can easily train somebody on what to do, but I can't train them on who to be. I, I don't have the qualifications for that, and so for me. You know, that's, that's so, so just finding people who are more yoked in a more loving environment, that's, that's, well, yeah. Yeah, well, I would say to that, Kindle, we're going a little bit off topic here, but I would say that you're, you're really coming from a place of much more emotional intelligence, where you're adding a piece in that is so lacking in our American culture, and how beautiful that you're able to bring the relationship orientation into the business world as much as possible, right? Um, and I really wish we did that. I mean, I come from New Mexico where um, Native American Indian culture and Mexican culture are more primary. And they're, I mean, you go to any business meeting and what do you do first? You'll eat together, you will talk together. <laughs> you will, like, you know, and, it's, and that's the way I grew up as well. And so I have that desire and in me for sure, but it, it, our culture doesn't build it in the way those, right. those do and the way yours does. And so I, I really honor that you, that you bring that to the world. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Uh, so, yeah. Did, so we're, anybody we're, else? Um, we uh, we don't have any more questions on Facebook, um, but we are sort of running towards the end of it. We're getting towards the end of this. Um, I wanted to maybe see if you had any sort of final thoughts, any 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 words of wisdom that you can impart on the audience. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, so what I would say is um, I'm hoping that this conversation has inspired people in some ways to, to really delve more into themselves in a kind way. Again, bringing even what Kindle and our, my discussion was in the recent past, which is that you, know, you find a way to increase your awareness of yourself. And if you increase your awareness with kindness and with compassion and loving kindness, then it can be this beautiful journey. And it is a beautiful journey. Um, it is oftentimes humbling, and, um, but so much insight and so much freedom can come about when you learn to differentiate how the mind conce conceptualizes things and how your egoic structure is tied to your mind 
and to learn methods through mindfulness practice or meditation or through therapy, through spiritual practice. I mean, whatever method you're drawn to, I would try to make it um, part of your goals to increase your awareness of what actually is happening on a moment to moment basis, how my mind moves me out of that, how I can move back into the moment to moment experience. And in that way, allow my heart to open to other people that allows them to do something similar. Like the more we, uh, the more we bring our, our own mindfulness to a relationship, the more relationships blossom and people mm. will blossom in front of your eyes mm. as you treat them with the respect and openness that you do. Um, and I would say that um, both, both the two of you, this beautiful father and son um, partnership here in front of me, you both do such a beautiful job of allowing people the space and the presence to be themselves and to open up. And I see the way you both interact, which is, so um, <laughs> such good role modeling as well for all of this, wanting to also understand yourselves better. And um, uh, I'm just very appreciative that you've given me the time and, and space to be able to speak to these things because they're quite important to me in my life. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm, I'm glad that you uh, graced us with your presence. I mean, this has been uh, truly amazing. And, uh, mm -hmm. and, uh, I, and I think that this is gonna be very valuable to everyone who's watching um and will watch in the future um i do have a couple so are there any books that you recommend to people who are looking to sort of get started on this journey yeah i would and you know i just happen to have a, a stack of books here which we did not plan ahead of time by the good way. <laughs> but, um, yeah but i do actually so there's a couple here so um the book that I would find is, is really my Bible with most of what we've been talking about. It's a book called Undefended Love by Jet Ferris mm -hmm. right. and Marlena Lyon. Marlena so this is the book here. So there's a, an image of it. So mm -hmm. again, that's Undefended Love by Ferris and Lyons. Um, another one which is quite amazing is John Wellwood's book called a um, Toward a Psychology of Awakening. So this mm -hmm. is a blend of, of, Buddha, of spiritual practice and psychology, just like the other one. Um, if you're in relationship and you want to learn more about relationship, this book here is amazing by uh, Jason Fisher called The Two Truths About Love. Mm, yeah. And this is about learning to accept people as they are and learn to take responsibility in really beautiful ways for our own reactivity and our own internal experience. Mm -hmm. And then just one more for you um, would be the Enneagram book. Right to start oh, off yes. with the Enneagram. Yes. So this is the one that I would um, recommend first for people. And so this is the wisdom of the Enneagram, a complete guide to psychological and spiritual growth for the nine personality types and mm. by Rizzo. And I think it's Rizzo and Hudson. Yes. So there you go. Oh, wow. A lot of these are on my website too, which I think you're going to comment on at some point so they can yeah. find those on my website as well. Yeah. Excellent. Perfect. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, um, I'm just going to do a little, Cool. Sorry, one second. No worries. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing a little, oh, there it is. I'm trying to figure out how to, oh, there it is. All right, cool. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> sorry, technical difficulties. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, another thing too is, um, actually, we'll get to that in, uh, we'll get to that a little bit afterwards, but every, every episode for uh, Positively Perfect, we do one thing that you're grateful for. 
Uh, and that can be from this conversation or it can be from, you know, maybe recent time in your life. Um, but just sort of one thing that you're grateful for. Um, and we can give you a chance to think about it. So we can start first if you want. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, I have something. It, this, okay, is going to sound, this is going to sound trite, but it is not trite. Mm -hmm. So believe it or not, especially because some of my life definitely has been so difficult for me. Mm -hmm. um, I actually am grateful for every moment, mm -hmm. especially the most difficult ones is what I would say. The times when I have been pushed to my limit where I had to grow, where I didn't have a choice to grow anymore. Mm -hmm. I just had to do it. That, those have been the, the most blessings of my life. So I would say every mm -hmm. moment, even especially the most difficult ones I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> wow. That's awesome. Dad, you want to go next? Yeah, I would say for me, um, what I'm really grateful for, especially even just this hour that we spent together, is um, really seeing the three of us and beginning to understand, you know, just that we are different individual beings, that we have our own personality, our own temperament, and to be able to recognize that and accept it. You know, and so that for me, it's really nice. I think the, the exercise that you did between Deji and myself was really awesome as well to be able to just see, you know, there are some things that's important to him, but they're important to him for himself because that's, that it's, it's about him and it's okay, you know, and be able to accept that. And I, I feel just so grateful for that, that I can actually see that and accept it, that it has nothing to do with me in particular, mm -hmm. you know, it's just really about him. And then, yeah, I just, I, I'm, I'm grateful for that a lot. Yeah. Um, so I'm grateful for, uh, I feel like the tool and this, and it feels like it, it's a tool because it feels like it would be, it could be used in a bunch of different uh, places, but the letting your mind go to there and then like pulling it back. I feel like that is a, a very important um exercise in now I guess not only just in meditation which I've I'm now gonna try <laughs> but um but just in in sort of uh everyday life when you when you get to that point of you know you feel the emotion you let yourself kind of feel it a little bit and then like realize that it's it's there and then start moving your way back towards the present moment that, that I feel like that's a really just a really great um a great, a great uh, exercise. And I'm grateful for that. Mm. It's for you giving us that, that to us. So. Awesome, awesome. Um, Can I say one last thing real quick? Absolutely. So, and that is, um, I realized that the one piece I didn't speak to, but it's related to everything we've talked about today is mm -hmm. that with all this type of spiritual practice and all these tools, ultimately, one of the benefits is that you actually are able, you have more capacity over time to just accept things more as they are. Right. So the, the egoic structure almost always wants things to be different, wants more of something or mm. less of something. And so the more you, you disidentify from that, the more capacity you have to just let people be as they are and accept them as they are. You're able mm. to, we're able to accept ourselves as we are, just as we are, understand ourselves with more compassion and kindness. And that, mm. again, we have so much more ease and joy and freedom when we just enjoy each moment as it is. And in fact, the fullness of the moment completely blossoms into being when that, when that occurs. That is so cool. Wow. 
That's awesome. <laughs> and and so, but but how how can people find you? Oh well, you um, well they can find me from my website. So the website's um, shane-hill.com, and um, that's probably the best way of finding me at this point. I think. Okay. Any any social media you want to throw in there as well, or? No, I well I'm all. Also an artist, and so I do have uh, like an Insta account, for instance, on that. But we're just talking oh. about me as a psychologist today, so yeah. <laughs> nope, I, think, okay. I think my we, I think my I think my website that I gift gave you is, is good enough. Okay, we'll we'll get you on uh, another episode where we're talking about, so, about so, the, so your other sides. Yeah, you, yes, you're multi you're multifaceted. So cool. You're multifaceted, and we want to see all sides. Um, <laughs> but um, thank you so much, Shane, for for coming on the show, um, and we are really grateful that you're you're here mm, i'm grateful for both of you all as well thank you so much hey thanks so much for tuning into our show we really appreciate you hanging out with us no, i don't know if you know this or not what's that we do a live show every wednesday at 5 30 p.m really and if they want to get in on that action maybe ask a question or something mm -hmm. they should make it onto our website at uh, positivelyperfect.com yeah. for more information Okay. You know what else they can do on the website? What else? They can watch the videos of our shows. Oh, that's good. That's right. If they wanted to put a face to the voice, we'll make it really easy for them, you know? And if they want to follow us on socials, we've got them as well. Oh, we've got yeah. Facebook and oh, Instagram yeah. at mm -hmm. Positively Perfect. Don't forget about Twitter at the Positively. Oh, yes. Uh, you know, I think that might be it for our socials. Anyways... Thank you guys so much. See you next time. Bye.